Good evening, everybody, and welcome to On Texas Football, the Tuesday night live stream. I'm your host, Blake Monroe, where I'm joined by Bobby Burton and Jerry Hamilton, both of Inside Texas and On3. And guys, it's the eve of fall camp. It is here. The press conferences were done today by some of the coaches. I mean, football is finally upon us after what seems like forever. And uh, Bobby, I know you were you know, watching watching the conferences, what were some of your takeaways uh, for, that you saw and, you know, some maybe some points that Sarkeesian and some of the other coaches said that uh, really hit home with you? Yeah, absolutely. So I was there and I uh, got a chance to ask Sark a question and uh, Pete Kwiatkowski as well, and uh, even uh, uh, Kyle Flood. I, I, look, I think that Texas right now, it's very clear that Sark is laser focused. You're talking about a guy that only took three days of vacation, okay, all offseason. So, Jerry, you and I have been doing this for 30 years, 30 yeah. years. When's the last time you heard of a head coach only taking three days vac vacation? Yep. Uh, very it, rare. Very it, rare. It does not happen. Um, doesn't mean his assistants didn't take him. Right. But he stayed. He, he said he wanted to stay connected to the team. When he said that, I was like, wow, that's that's a different level of focus coming from him right now. And I think it speaks to the opportunity ahead of this team and what he's trying to pour into it. Uh, and by the way, I think it speaks also to, um, I mean, I hate to say this, but how much he actually likes the team. <laughs> if you don't like the guys you coach, maybe you take a two week vacation and clear your head. You want to be around, right, Bobby? No, I, I look, look, I sat there, I sat there for two hours straight uh, yeah. listening to not only the, the, the three I mentioned, but also Jeff Banks, uh, special teams coach. And it was very clear that all of them, all of the assistant coaches, spoke to Sark's uh, desire to build a relationship with his team and that it's authentic and that it's every day. Um, and it's not just a one-time thing and people absolutely, I mean, they, they, the guys like it. And uh, he spoke a lot about the continuity. Other things he talked about continuity of the coaching staff was big uh, in his opinion. It's also uh, big for uh, having so much experience coming back on offense and defense uh, in that regard, uh, Gary Patterson, another note, Gary Patterson had not as of, you know, 11 o'clock this morning made a decision one way or the other. He said right now, Gary Patterson, Sark said Gary Patterson is not a part of this team uh, right now. So he left the door open. Uh, we'll have to wait and see what uh, if Gary Patterson walks through that door. Uh, other comments, I feel like Kyle Flood uh, in his position was really strong. He thinks he has eight offensive linemen ready to go. He thinks that outside of the starting five from a year ago, he thinks DJ Campbell, Cam Williams, and Neto Umiozulu are ready to go. They're ready to play starters minutes if called upon. Now, that doesn't mean they're starters yet, uh, and he wanted to be clear about that. At the same time, uh, that was probably my biggest takeaway from, from his discussion. Uh, as it relates uh, to uh, Pete Kwiatkowski, couple different things there. Anthony Hill is going to be used in a multitude of ways. We've conjectured about that, but they saw enough from, from him in the spring that they're going to line him up at edge a little bit. They're going to put him in some uh, different positions uh, to, to make the best of his abilities. I thought that was interesting. He also said Jalen Catalan, Jerry and Blake was ready to go. Yep. That, that's that's that, yeah. that is big. Um, and then uh, from Jeff Banks uh, standpoint, a lot of it uh, focused, a lot of his discussion focused on two players, Keelan Robinson and Keaton Crawford as special teams demons, in his opinion. And then 
the addition of Joe D. Camillus, the 30-year NFL vet uh, uh, assistant uh, special teams assistant coach uh, that is now part of the uh, the, the team. Uh, so those were the big things that they were talking about. Uh, big news there, uh, and good 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 press conference, good kickoff. Uh, the team is having uh, team meetings this afternoon and evening. Uh, Sark and, and Kyle Flood both mentioned that. Uh, so really, fall camp kicked off for everybody today, but they don't hit the practice field until about 2.30 tomorrow afternoon. I think uh, we've talked about this. First of all, you know football season's here because Justin Verlander had to get back to Texas, um, first of all. <laughs> Matt, and he talked Max Scherzer into it, too. It's a big year for Texas. These guys want back. They want in. Um, but I think Jalen Catalan is so important. One, because I'm not sold on the depth behind that position actually being starter-level players. And that's nothing against guys. But we're talking about a different here. But think about what Jalen Ford did last year. And if you have a healthy Jalen Catalan, you have two of those guys on defense. That right. is That takes you to another level. And I'm not counting out Jade Barron and those guys, but I'm talking about there's one player on the Texas defense that's been an All-American. And it was Jalen Catalan his, before the injury set in at Arkansas. If you had a healthy Jalen Catalan at 90% of what he was, you have two Jalen Ford-level players on your defense, two instinctive guys who cover for other guys, who make they take great angles, make big plays. That takes your defense to another level. Bobby, how many years were you talking about? One, it's speed, but two, then just playmakers, right? If you have a healthy cattle on, you add a playmaker. Jalen Ford is a playmaker. I think Johnny Barron has some playmaker in him, but you add another legitimate playmaker. So him having a healthy season would change this defense for me or take it up another and keep it ascending. Maybe one of the most interesting quotes I thought uh, from the press conference came from Pete Kwiatkowski. Uh, he had some numbers on top of his head. They created 14 turnovers last year. He said they tracked 21 missed opportunities. Mm. He goes, that's got to be flipped, yeah. essentially. He wants more connections on those things. You get a hand, hand on the ball, you catch it if you're a DB. You're in the scrum for a fumble, you fight a little bit harder. Um, that's what he's looking for. To your point, Jay, uh, Jerry, Jalen Catalan is one of those guys that can make that happen. Um, he's a guy that turns the ball over quite a bit, actually, uh, either with hitting or uh, as a, a guy that intercepts quite a few passes. Um, playmakers make big plays in big games, and they are often the difference in, in games. So I, I feel like uh, I, I would be remiss if I did not mention, by the way, Sark said the team's fully healthy. I mean, yeah, he, he was like, don't have any. I mean, look, what's the injury updates? You know, and basically we don't have any. We're healthy. I mean, 85, 84 strong at that level, that's ridiculous. I mean, that's that's insane at any time of the year for a football team. Yep. Hey, by the way, I want to mention something real quick before we get the questions. So I talked to somebody today that trains guys for the NFL draft on the defensive line. And I asked him about Texas guys. Um, and some of the scouts are saying if Byron Murphy looks – a little more twitchy this year, which I think they expect as he continues to get stronger, not lose some of that. 
I think the NFL is looking at that guy as a second, third round pick headed into the season. Byron wow. Murphy. Tavondre Sweat, draft pick for sure. Alfred Collins, look, it's consistency. Kwiatkowski hit on that again today. Um, if that guy has a good year, though, the way the NFL is, the same guy, the same guy that trains all these guys, deals with NFL scouts all the time, said second to fourth round. He could go second round with a really good year, could still be a third, fourth round guy because of his 36-inch arms in the NFL. Got to remember, the NFL takes high school, college power forwards and makes them NFL players at tight end. So they're, they're going to think they can develop guys. But the Byron Murphy one was pretty interesting to me, Bobby and Blake. I think he's tremendous. Uh, so I, I have no doubt if he makes uh, to, 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 to the guy you talked to his point, he just needs to make more plays, yep. uh, make some sacks, make some big plays, that sort of stuff. Hey, before we go into questions, Blake, I need to say yep. thank you to our sponsor. That's Energy Texas. Energy Texas is for Texans by Texans uh, in a state that allows deregulated energy. You want to take advantage of that if possible. Uh, go to www.energytexas.com. It's Texas Electricity Done Right, or call them 855-461-1129. Right now, they have a flex plan that allows you to switch your energy plan at no additional cost each and every month. That's each and every month you can switch your plan with their flex plan. Uh, thanks to Energy Texas for their ongoing sponsorship of Tuesday night's live stream. All right, guys. Well, let's get to some questions and plenty of time, so please ask away in the chat. And uh, this is actually one that got some traction from some of the other people. So I want to ask you all this and it's from Jay, the activist. And then I'm going to make it a two part question because these two are related. And he says, would nine and three be a failure of a season? Well, the fans weighed in saying, yes, Russell Hinkle then added a big 12 championship to that. So what are y'all thoughts on that? I don't think nine is, is a failure. Um, because you still have the bowl game and a potentially a big 10, big 10, a big 12 championship game to play. So I, I don't, I don't see it that way. Um, they need to come out of this season with 10 wins. That's I've said that um, double digit wins for the first time in a while. Uh, good play on offense, defense, uh, them going up as a trajectory. Now, would it be mildly disappointing if they didn't win 10 in the regular season? Maybe, you know, but a failure, absolutely not. No, I, I don't mean, believe in a failure being nine and three. If Texas into the season 10 and three and they won a bowl game, they're going to be ranked eight, nine in the country. That, I mean, a top 10 finish and 10 wins does wonders for your program and the way you're perceived. Um, and to Bobby's point, last year I had eight circled, and I'm not here sitting here taking credit, but I, I after five and seven, they needed to get to eight. They needed a three game improvement to really show. It's going to be hard to go three wins this year and get to 11, right? If you do, then you're just really racing past um, where I think people think you would be right now because Texas did have a rebuild. That's just reality. Um, if you can get the 10 wins, though, I mean, that 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 is a big thing for this coaching staff in recruiting um, because that's just – you're ranked in the top 10 at the end of the season if you're 10 and 3. And you really – and then you're going to have a bunch of guys drafted. And then you're going to start the next year at quarterback. And you got Kelvin Banks as a first round of the following year. You got other talent in the program that's going to be drafted. If you can get the 10, it really sets the tables for the future in your move to the SEC. 
All right. Well, this next one is from King Me, and y'all touched, y'all kind of touched on this just a second ago. But uh, he says, "How many NFL players are on this team, and is that number enough to win a Big Twelve championship?" I thought the highlight of Sark's press conference was kind of making fun of Jim Harbaugh, saying he had twenty draft picks. <laughs> he didn't even make. He didn't make fun of him. He just looked at it like, "That's a lot." Well, well, he, said, well, he said, that's a lot. I'm not sure. I think he said, I'm not sure about that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> because he was on the Bama. He was coaching at Bama when they had 13 and nobody could beat them. <laughs> and Michigan's not at that level of talent. I mean, like Georgia and Bama. Um, I, you know, I mean, we go through this. I mean, NFL players are on this team. I mean, now Bobby and I look at this a little different. We're not, to, we, I wouldn't just be talking about, and I'm saying Bobby and I look at the same. I'm going to just be talking about draft-eligible guys this year. I have Terrence Brooks as an NFL draft pick, right, that's actually going to develop and that's played, right? I mean, so you're including some of those guys like that when you're kind of jumping ahead. Um, but that's not us being, you know, like moving too fast on these guys. It's, it's no different. I mean, you, you see the talent coming into the program. You know how some of these guys are starting to project out, whether they're starting half the season or – starting zero games, but what we're hearing and what we know in this business, I mean, Bobby, I, I mean, Texas has more than 20 NFL draft players in their program right now. Through the four I, years. I don't think they have 30, though. Yeah, through the four years, well, that de- I, I will say this, Jerry, that depends on how some guys develop. Right. Um, particularly, I mean, I'm going to mention Warren Roberson, Jelani McDonald, yeah. Derek Williams, yeah. Manny Muhammad. I mean – Early returns are early returns. Yeah. That's just DBs, freshmen. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I feel like you, you wonder what's going to happen. Like a, a good guy that that I don't know that I would put him in that category right now, but early returns are very positive is Leonga LaFowle. I mean, that's a guy that he's a program guy in my, my, my opinion. Right. Like if he keeps learning, keeps going – He's going to be in that take and in that conversation, just like Jalen Ford is now, just three years from now, like Jalen Ford, right? right? And so there's some guys that are program guys, NFL draft picks that really need seasoning. And some, you just look at Cedric Baxter and go, well, he's most likely an NFL guy unless he just, you know, gets really injured. Um, And so from from my vantage point, I do think there's around 20 at least that are, that are drafted, uh, more than that, I think really depends on this latest class and what we see out of them from year one to year two, because th- I will say this, another thing, this first year on campus is so important because take a guy like BJ Allen, a year, a year ago at this time, he was in his, over his head in the secondary yep, gained weight. All, all of these things, just not yep. good, not good first six months. He had a tremendous second six months. And so come back around all these true freshmen a year from now, and let's reconsider where they're really at in that. Uh, a lot of things can, can sidetrack them. It can be schoolwork. It could be right. personal issues. It could be injuries. It could be mm-hmm. a number of things. Um, but uh, I, look, I think Texas has got, I, I'm, I'm with Jerry, uh, at least 20, um, maybe more. Well, let's jump over to a super chat real quick, guys. This one from John Campbell. Thank you, John. And he says, Sark made a comment about playing a bunch of wide receivers this year. Have we ever legitimately had six or seven game-ready wide receivers in the program, not counting Herman's ridiculous wide receiver carousel? 
I, I'm trying. I'm trying to think about that, Bobby. Who are the backups? Roy Williams, B.J. Sloan, Tony Jeffrey. I, no. I think that, I think they may have been five deep, but you know the national championship team. Uh, Shipley was hurt, right? That that took one away, which is crazy that they were that good and Shipley didn't even play. Limus and and uh, Quan, that Brian Carter that was solid. Um, they the the real key to that team was the, the was David Thomas, yeah, uh, being a a, a key yeah. outlet alongside uh, Quan and Limus. The the look, I, I was there. And a couple things that, that needs to be said about this. He mentioned playing more wide receivers within the context of wanting to get better in the fourth quarter. And he wants fresher legs in the fourth quarter. That means he's going to rotate more. But, but he also says, look, the program is now at a point where I don't have this huge drop-off across the-, the board. Yes. So I can afford to do this and bring people along. Um, and that was the the real one. And it, look, uh, I asked Kyle Flood specifically about the, the receivers in, in the receiver room. And he said, look, that's what we've recruited. And that's how we've recruited for them. Um, and so we do have more guys. And I want to add a different, uh, another piece to that. You have to play John Cook and DeAndre Moore. We're in the portal day and age. Mm-hmm. Those guys have to get on the field. And they know that. And if you're talented enough, then you can get those guys on the field and you're doing it for the right reasons. I agree. I, I just think I was I was taken aback by one of the emphasis uh, what he, one of the points made, I guess, a uh, better way, way to say that uh, was Texas wanting to be better in the fourth quarter. Sark felt like they they finished strong and, and finished some games against Kansas State and Baylor late. He felt like that was the kind of team that he wants, if that makes sense. He didn't finish him games earlier. The fact that they finished him late, he feels some momentum building there. Uh, those are two two decent teams that they took care of late in games. And so uh, I, I feel like that, Jerry. Uh, Zachary Delgado, I'm just going to throw in some 2025 answers. we got a lot going on as we go through this tonight, just so you'll know if you all ask questions. George, George, Zachary Delgado asked, Jordan Davidson won Harlem Berry two on the big board, 2025 running backs. I do believe that is where things are at right now. Somebody asked earlier about 2025 offensive linemen in Texas. I think Michael Fasusi is definitely the top tackle. Texas offered Jonte Newman today out of Bridgeland High. He was at the Texas event Thursday. Uh, Jackson Christian is a kid. I'm really watching to see if Texas could win this recruitment early. Uh, he's a right tackle at Port Natchez Groves, 2025. He was on campus again for the second time. Uh, Thursday, but I, I think Texas is in a good spot with the Port Natchez Groves right tackle who will play interior offensive line at the next level. All right. We're going to jump over to one more super chat real quick because it's kind of related to, you know, the wide receivers talk that we were just having. And it's from Robert Muhammad. And he says, with Nayor healthy now, how do you see the wide receiver, wide receiver rotation playing out? Well, I think I think A.D. Mitchell's one and mm-hmm. Isaiah Nayor's two. Uh, and I see, I see both of them playing a lot. Uh, man, they even mentioned Ad Mitchell possibly returning kicks and punts today, just wow. to give you, just to give you an idea of what they think of him. Uh, but also Nayor's health, they were very, very high on him right now. Uh, so keep that in mind. Uh, but Xavier, Witt- Xavier Worthy, Jordan Whittington, the other two starters at receiver at this point. 
And thanks, Robert. Well, please don't have AD Mitchell returning kicks and punts. Please. <laughs> <laughs> it looks pretty. I, Jerry, I know. I, know. I told you what I said whenever I watched him return punts that day I know. Uh, last spring. I'm just hoping not. Texas has enough talent. He's got maybe a- in big games, maybe at Bama, you let him return a couple of punts or something. But every game, Rice, why, I don't know. Yeah, I'm with Jerry. He's too important. <laughs> <laughs> Save the big guns. Save the big guns. Uh, Jay, the activist, what's wrong with in-state cur- recruiting worse it's ever been? Here's the reality. Texas is uh, – Look, they've targeted a lot out of – they've never recruited this much out of state. They've never had this many top targets out of state. I mean, and whether you agree with the the staff – and I'm not talking me, I'm saying as Texas fans, whether you agree with it or not, you know, it's an interesting discussion because Texas fans have always wanted national recruiting, national recruiting, national recruiting. Now you're looking at your in-state top 30 and saying, where are our commitments? It's hard to have it both ways. I mean, (laughs) if Texas likes guys out of state, they like – running backs are going to come from out of state. Um, offensive tack, the guys they liked were just out of state guys, Daniel Calhoun and Brandon Baker. I mean, so they're going with the guys they see as the best prospects, and that is taking them national at some positions. And you know, defensive line in state recruiting, I mean, outside of Alex January, there wasn't anybody right now they were going to go after. So those are all going to be out of state prospects, barring somebody who a guy named Legend Journey or something at Mansfield Summit, somebody like that who has a huge senior year and looks totally different. Um, it, it, that's just part of being a national recruiting school um, and recruiting more out-of-state prospects than ever. Definitely. All right, guys. Uh, let's see here. We've had quite a few comments about Savion Red here lately or questions, and so I'm going to ask one. Uh, Mock Snell says, no one has mentioned Savion Red for a while. How's he doing? Um, both Steve Sarkeesian uh, and Kyle Flood talked about the running backs today. Neither of them mentioned Savion Red. Um, and so that caught my attention. I texted the group, uh, you know, we're looking into some things at this point. We'll see if that is meaningful or if he shows up at practice tomorrow at two 30, that's, that's where it's at. Like to be uh, transparent right now, there's, there's, uh, we're, we're waiting to see if there's something up. We, we don't know for sure. Very interesting situation for sure. All right. Well, let's ruffle some feathers here with this question. Ewers Barber says, way too early, but how does Sark split reps with Arch and Emil in blowout games? Both need live reps. Of course, Malik. Yeah. Um, Go ahead. Jerry, let me say this. Yeah. One of the things Joe Cook and I talked about, almost zero discussion of any quarterback outside of Quinn Ewers today. Mark, Arch Manning got a small comment from Sark about the NIL card card deal. Okay. That was it about any backup quarterback at all. He Sark was laser focused talking about Quinn Ewers and his development. Yeah. And, and so I, I think uh the less that is talked about, the better for this team. Because um, look, obviously, Arch has I mean, he has the biggest name in the program. I don't care what anybody says. He really does. And Big, bigger than Quinn Ewers. For sure. Yeah. And But that last thing you want on the team that's really tight right now is the discussion going to the guy who's not going to be the starting quarterback. I mean, I, I, there there's something to that. Now, will Sark get both those guys in games this year? I'd be surprised if he doesn't, Bobby. I, I don't know what you and Blake's thoughts are. I think he, I think he does. I mean, you can play in four games in red shirt. Needs that he needs to. 
for yes. both of them, in my yeah. opinion, because um, the what the chances are being that that Quinn Ewers is uh, potentially off to the NFL. You need to get both of those guys' feet wet before you go into the SEC. Yes, yeah, hundred percent. Full 100%. period, stop, whatever you want to say. That's <laughs> it. I mean, they got to have some. You can't. You just can't do that to to your team and your quarterbacks. Um, hopefully they do get some time early, Jerry, but also hopefully they get some time later in the season. Hopefully, I mean, look, this is a Texas team that should be able to score on people. They really should, and they should be able to finish games on offense. If they can do that, the backup quarterback at Texas or backup quarterbacks at Texas are going to get more time finally. I mean, it's been years since the backup <laughs> quarterback at Texas has been able to get any time. Remember when – I mean, look, Colt McCoy, his senior year, he he never came out of the game, and so Garrett Gilbert, nobody had any any experience mm-hmm. worth worth That's anything. Cool. I mean, it's been 15, 20 years almost since the backup at Texas got real time, not due to injury. Yeah, I agree with you. And, I mean, completely. obviously, Casey Thompson and Hudson Card had their tête-à-tête, but now um, somebody responded on there and said. Um, Circle have packages for Malik Murphy and get him in games. I don't buy that at all, Val. I, Malik's a pocket quarterback. I mean, there's nothing you can – like, you can't bring him in and have a package for him. But you're also not going to disrupt Quinn. If Texas has a game in hand, that's when I believe you'll see these guys. But I don't believe Quinn's just going to go out there stat throwing for 400 yards if you're up uh, 45 points against Rice. I, I, I don't think that – or 55. I don't think that – we're not chasing stats here. I think Sark will get his younger guys uh, a, a series or two. The only reason he would do that is if he wanted reps. Yeah. I mean, and, yeah. and he, he 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 will want reps early from his entire offense because of execution reasons. I mean, they'll, they'll want to be good at it. Yeah. Well, let's jump over to the offensive line for a second. Russell Hinkle says, do y'all see Cole Hudson eventually taking over at center? That's a great question, I think, um, because there's competition there. Uh, Connor Robertson, Texas, very high on coming off in, shoulder injury, sur- surgery, just like Cole Hudson. Then you have Daniel Cruz coming in at midterm next year. So there is real competition at center uh, in the future at Texas. Um, do we see Cole Hudson taking over center? I can see that. I can see him being in the competition to be the starting center. I'm not ready to just say he's absolutely going to win it. I think we need to see what what Connor Robertson looks like because Connor Robertson was impressive. Uh, he was actually the number two center last year if Jake Majors had gone down. Uh, so let's see how he comes off that. Uh, comes off his surgery, um, but then you have Daniel Cruz coming in too, which he'll need some time. But Cruz is going to play center this year, and I'm telling you, I talked to Daniel um, last week before the Thursday um, recruiting event, and he said center's really fun. I was like, uh oh, this guy's this guy just he just has that smile on his face and everything he does, he's so positive about. He's gonna come in. That guy's gonna come in and compete, Bobby. That that makes sense to me. I I I take I, I will go ahead and say this. I think he's next. I think Cole's next at center. Doesn't mean that doesn't mean he wins it outright or any of that right. stuff, but I think he's next in line, even over Connor Robertson to some level. Yeah. Um Robertson is He's in for a fight if he wants that job. I'll put it that way. 
Well, Stephen Houston had a comment that I'm actually going to turn into a question. And he says, with Sark saying Cole Hudson's going to compete at center, that tells me they're giving Devon Cam- Devin Campbell every chance to get that left guard spot, and he must be looking good for it. I'm wondering what y'all are hearing there and if, what y'all thoughts are on that. Yeah, it's right It's right guard, and I think Devon Campbell's looking very, very good. Yeah. He was having a great spring. The light was coming on before the injury. Um I actually had somebody that put him in the Byron Murphy category last week. Pretty much said, you don't with that guy. That, I mean, that's was pretty high praise from somebody who told me that. So Devon Campbell's coming on. I can tell you, he walked by me Thursday at the recruiting event, and he looks tremendous physically now. Uh, David Williams isn't on here, but he looks tremendous. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm big on this. Um it's not so much. <laughs> it's true, right, Jerry? You do have a, a little bit of a, a man crush there. The 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 thing that I would say uh, about Cole Hudson um, that he has that he has good weight in the lower body, so he's kind of what um, Sark and Kyle Flood are looking for. He's also a bright player. Um, he's he's willing to mix it up. He's yes. a little nasty. Yeah, you know. Um, that helps at your center position. I just don't think he's going to get it done this year. He's never played it that much before. And so, um, is he, does he split time with DJ Campbell, um, run some center late in games this year? Maybe I'm interested to see how they, because they did talk a lot about rotating the offensive line this week, uh, today, Jerry, and they're going to do it. Yeah. The question is how. Um, and when and, and all that, how all the pieces fit. But Look, I, I've said it on here before, and I'm going to say it again. They are going to have a rotation this year. Flood said that today, kind of brought that news out. But we've been talking about this. They're going to have a rotation. They're going to have a rotation because they believe they have multiple guys, like you, Bobby said, Cam Williams, DJ Campbell, Neto, that are really coming on and are really, really high upside players. And here's the other part. They have to play. I, I'm just trying to tell you this. As too, you want to keep, you have to play them. You you do, but here's the other piece to that. It fits into their fourth quarter right. conversation. Right. I mean, look, Quick, Pete Kwiatkowski talked about it on the defensive line when someone asked about Trill Carter. Because look, when a guy plays only 40 snaps versus you know, or 30 or 35 snaps versus 60 at defensive line, you don't think he's more effective in the fourth quarter? Right. <laughs> give, give me a break. I mean, right. and, you know, Pete Kwiatkowski's got a very dry – he's very dry when he's talking, but it was clear as day what he was saying. Uh, he, look, these guys have limits, and the more – the less they play, the more you can – you think you can get out of them sometimes. Somebody followed up and asked, does Cam Williams start at guard if he impresses him fall camp? I don't know if anything was said about that today, Bobby. I haven't had time to listen to Kyle Flood's interview. But I will say this, what I've been told this summer is they really think Cam Williams can play right tackle or left tackle. So I think that the, the thing there is after Christian Jones departs this year, Cam Williams is probably the front runner to be the right tackle entering Kelvin Banks' last year at Texas. Now there's a Brandon Baker. If they get him, come in and compete. Well, that, that's another discussion if that happens. But then Cam Williams' fourth and final season at Austin, they think he's going to be good enough to play left tackle. So just something to know. No, Flood mentioned that today. Yeah. Cam Williams, in my opinion, will be the backup at both tackles. The exactly. true backup. Yep. I mean, they'll, they'll list somebody else on depth chart at left tackle probably. 
but uh, he he's going to have that that going for him. Well, we've talked about running back. We've talked about quarterback. We've talked about – or I'm sorry, we haven't talked about running back, but we've talked about wide receiver. So let's talk about running back for a second. Shavam Patel says, hey, guys, is Jonathan Brooks going to get the majority of the carries or will it be a committee approach? Um, it sounds like they're going to give everybody a shot. Uh, but from – Steve Sarkeesian went over the running back room and then Kyle Flood did as well. Uh, Flood, like – He's like, look, I'm not into this who runs out there with the ones right now. Um, but it sounds like Jonathan Brooks is that guy. Um, and so kind of what we thought, uh, they want to see what they all do. You know, there's a place for Keelan Robinson in this, this, uh, uh, on this team, because one of the things that they said is Keelan Robinson, you know, the thing about Keelan, the more touches he gets, the more, he's one of those guys that scores touchdowns. And so they want they want those guys touching the ball more frequently, not less frequently. Jonathan Brooks has done well with the time he's had, uh, too. So I, I think that uh, they're not necessarily looking for for a majority of carries or committee approach. They're going to see what they have first and foremost, in my opinion. Uh, all right, hey guys, I need a, about thirty minutes in. We got to say thank you to our sponsor one, once again. Uh, that sponsor on Tuesday night is none other than Energy Texas. Energy Texas is for Texans by Texans. That's www.energytexas.com. If you have a choice in your energy plan in the state of Texas, make sure you check them out at energytexas.com. It's 855-461-1129. Remember that they have a plan going on right now called the Flex Plan that allows you to change your plan each and every month at no cost. That's right, no cost. All you have to do is change it online. Uh, yes, definitely. A big thank you to Energy Texas. Okay, guys, we got a super chat here from Justin Yarbrough. My apologies, Justin. I meant to get to it a little bit ago. Uh, he says, thoughts on what Banks said about Helm and chances he plays on Sundays, having a chance to be the starter next year. And then, of course, I've already kind of touched on Savion Red, so that's more of a wait and see there. Yeah, ba Jeff Banks, um, he felt, he said that Gunnar Helm feels, it, he didn't use this word, but feels slighted like he's the same year as JT Sanders and JT Sanders gets all the love because JT Sanders to, to Jeff Banks point, he's the one that can make people pay down the seam and catch the 50, 50 ball down the seam. Right. Um, Gunnar Helm though, he felt like has come in and at the end of last year, he was an important part of the team. He feels like Gunnar Helm's got that not going to be denied attitude right now. Um, and they need that. To be honest, they they need somebody like that to keep developing these guys that aren't necessarily the blue chip guys. Yep, that become really good program guys, tough, hard nosed, that sort of stuff. Uh, hey Blake, before we get to another great football question, uh, we've yep. got Gavin Hahn. You have to bring it up. Is asked about Cam Scott and basketball, so I want to answer yes. that. Uh, Cam Scott, that. top twenty-five player in the country, is announcing his decision August eleventh. He's out of Lexington, South Carolina, six-five guard. There'll probably be a two-year player and off to the NBA as a draft pick. He's very talented. I think Texas leads Alabama, Ole Miss right now. I don't think the Jordan Washington uh, on on the same AAU uh, helped with Cam Scott. Cam Scott made an official visit to Texas last year around the Baylor football game, Rio Grande Valley. He was actually pretty close to committing to Texas and then, you know, 
what happened in December. Uh, and so that slowed down the process. But I think Texas is the team to beat for Cam Scott. I think he likes Austin. I think he likes Texas. I think he likes the uh, the playing style that uh, Texas is going to have with Rodney Terry. We'll see if that changes. But as of August 1, I like Texas' chances over Alabama and Ole Miss and South Carolina for Cam Scott. All right, yeah, good news there for Texas basketball fans for sure. All right, guys, this right here is a great question, in my opinion. Great it comes question. from Irvin Antonio. What, which group can we absolutely not afford injuries? Okay, we throw quarterback out, right? Even though it's a talented room, so let's throw that out. That's all. But I think we might all have different answers. Uh, Bobby, what you what do you have? If y'all say anything but defensive end, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, <laughs> I'm saying something different, but for a different reason. More than defensive end? <laughs> yeah, they barely have two right now. Yeah. Um, I I don't think they can afford an injury at defensive end to one of the top two. That, I'm with that, Bobby. That's uh that the the just what we just talked about, Jerry, where the the difference between player A and player B, it's a big drop from Baron Sorrell and everybody else on that defensive end group right now. Right. I mean, it, it's a sizable one. So that's my group. Uh, mine actually, I, I was going with what somebody else said. And I, I, Texas can't lose Jalen Ford. There's not the bat, the, per, yeah. the player behind him is a massive drop off. That's true. And no, he, that's he's the preseason point. Big 12 defensive player of the year. And he makes plays that nobody else is going to be able to make in coverage at linebacker. And that's nothing against Leland LaFowl. He's a freshman. Uh, Jeff Bush is back there, but you, you can't take guys like that off the field. Those no. are major law. Uh, Xavier Worthy. Right. That would be Look what Naor did to the Texas offense last year. We saw what he looked like until the injury, and we're hearing what was going. And you lost the deep ball. You literally lost the deep ball. I was also going to say Jatavion Sanders. If I had to pick two guys that would change Texas dramatically, uh, it's Jalen Ford and Jatavion Sanders. It's interesting. All right, well, let's stay on the edge, defensive end uh, train here for a second. Jake Faust says, if you had to choose an edge behind Sorrell and Burke, you believe will step up during camp, who would that be? That's a great question. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games. I don't, I don't know that any of them are, are there yet. I mean, I'd, I'd like to sit here and give you all sunshine and roses, but... Um, <laughs> You know, I, I'm not so sure it's not Colton Vosick uh, because you know his you know his floor, if that makes sense, as opposed to a ceiling. Um, Jeray Bledsoe has all the talent. Um, he is the most talented of that group, I think. But we'll see. I mean, Finkley is going to be there. Like like Vosick, I think you know his floor. Yeah. Um, 
but uh, we'll see. I mean, I, I think those are the two. I come up with two guys that would be great if you're hearing, okay, these guys are really coming on. Not the normal camp stuff, Every you know, guys are doing better. Really coming on. Chris Ross and Dre Bledsoe. Those yeah. would be two guys if you start hearing a lot. Uh, to somebody brought up to Celia Connie. He's a designated pass rusher coming in. So that, that could happen. Anybody can get pressure on the quarterback is going to have a chance. That's why I kind of wondered about Chris Ross a little bit based on what we heard and kind of saw in the spring. But then Jare Bledsoe is another big body. I mean, if suddenly a 6'5", 275-pound Jare Bledsoe starts getting mentioned, you start feeling pre- pretty good against Texas against the run, right, Bobby? I, I agree with that. He's the one that sticks out athletically. Um, and you mentioned Cecilia Kana. Kwiatkowski said they might blitz some linebackers this year. They might bring some some pressure that way. I think part of that is because of Mo Blackwell and Anthony Hill. Yeah. Um, those two guys have – both of them have closing speed, right? Yeah. And so I, I don't, don't be surprised if you see Anthony Hill, like we've mentioned, on third downs at edge. Don't, don't be surprised. I, I'll be surprised if he's not in there some. All right, we got I, I, a uh, – East, East State said uh, PK didn't mention it, uh, Chris Ross. That's what I'm saying. If you start hearing a name like that, you know, that's what we're talking about here. Okay, Alan Barrera asks, which position battle are y'all most excited about? The the position I'm most excited about on the entire team, not dealing with, with battles, uh, is wide receiver. Um as far as a battle is concerned, look, I think Gavin Holmes, Ter- Terrence Brooks, and Ryan Watts. That's a good one. I mean, there's, I mean, 25, 30 starts between two of those. And then Terrence Brooks probably has one or two or one last year. I, I mean, and he may be the best one of the group. Uh, and I, I go, I go, I go safety. And here, and I agree with Bobby at corner. Um, just making more conversations here. Here, I, I'm very interested to see the freshman safeties. How how quickly some of these guys come on? Because Keaton Crawford still unproven. Um, if Catalan's healthy, he's starting, no question. Um, uh, but the backup guys are good guys who've been in the program. Warren Roberson, Derek Williams may need some time since he, but. Those guys are different level talent. No, no offense. Jelani McDonald, who knows what's going to happen with. Um, I'm interested to see, you know, obviously Warren's working at some star too, but let's just see how quickly those guys come on because that could really change the trajectory of that position late in the year. Hey, before we get to the next question, Blake, I want to, I want to get a couple questions in from the inside Texas message board. Yeah. Uh, if we have a chance here, uh, Jerry quickly, uh, do, does Texas have any silent commits? <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> do we have a new advertiser? Is it something silence? <laughs> I know Eric, Eric, Eric is actually asking this one. Oh, uh, our publishers of, you know, I, 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 I mentioned that tongue in cheek, uh, Jerry, there, there are, but at the same time, we're to a point in time where they're visiting other schools. Now Th- those things are, those things are kind of, you know, very tenuous at best, right? Yeah, I mean, look, man, these are real battles here till the end. I mean, does Texas have somebody that told that has told them uh, prospects told Texas they're coming? Yeah, but he could have told another school 
that too. That's the thing to remember. Not all silent commits end up committing where they first uh, silently committed to. Does Texas have? Yeah. Does that mean they're going to announce for Texas? No. (laughs) Another one. Uh, Could you briefly talk about how you got started, Jerry, in the business and how you have made it to where where you guys are in your career Today, I guess that's talking about all of us, uh, but uh, Jerry, I'll let you start. Well, I'm lucky. Uh, my father coached high school ball in Texas for 35, 36, 40 years. I lost track. I was too young to start the tracker on that. Um, <laughs> look, I grew up on the sidelines of ball boy in Nacogdoches, right? I mean, you know, passing Adobe when Trevor Cobb and those guys came through. Um, I, You know, I was a kid who played a lot of basketball, but on a Friday night, if my dad and, and Dobie was going to scout a team, I'd go with them. Uh, I remember being at Galveston Ball when Angleton got up 14-0 and they turned the lights out in the stadium somehow, some way. Um, so I, I grew up with it, man. I mean, I, I'm lucky I grew up with this stuff. Um, so I've always – you know, I grew up in coaches' lot, coaches offices. I mean, that's what I did. And, and so, I, you know, my favorite part about this business isn't anything that anybody sees. It's a Thursday afternoon – Friday when, you know, before game, when you just roll in and you hang out with the high school coaches and you just talk to them. I mean, you talk to them about the game, about guys they liked, who they play last week, what are they thinking about their upcoming teams, just kids they like in the areas. I mean, that's the, my been my favorite part about this business for, I mean, 15 years. Um, uh, but, yeah, it's it's lucky. We're, we're I'm lucky I get to do this because, um, you know, it, it's something that's pretty natural to me. Um, and I know how to communicate with the guys in the coaching industry. Um, but doing being able to do football and basketball is really – I'm really lucky to do that now. Um, for me, it, you know, I want to touch on something. My favorite part um, of this uh, started when I was uh, probably 23, 24 years old uh, in the profession. Uh, and I would go to a Friday night game – a Friday night – Friday afternoon uh, game, go hang out with the coach and the team uh, the best times were about five o'clock on a Friday when I was sitting there watching Rudy with the rest of the team yeah. <laughs> for their pregame football show. <laughs> that, that was always just, it was kind of fun moment. I mean, you know, it's, it's one of those things where you got a bunch of guys sitting around, they're trying to get amped up and it's uh, to Jerry's point. It's just one of those things I'll always remember uh, because it speaks to kind of the camaraderie you see in the sport uh, and what it's all about because these coaches, high school coaches in particular, are really trying to grow these kids up. They're not just users. They're, they're, they've chosen teaching as a profession as well as coaching. Um, but I got started as an undergraduate at Texas. I worked for the football team. David McWilliams gave me a job taping, uh, videotaping every practice, every football game, and everything in between, camps, whatever I could. Uh, then started breaking down uh, highlight videos for recruits during that process. Went on to work at the University of Houston as a graduate student. Uh, and then I uh, got my start that way. And somebody called me one day and hired me and uh, been doing this for 30 something years now. I have a little follow up. Zachary Delgado asked, did you ever go watch Adrian Colbert in high school? That's a funny story. I did. I went out there um, to Mineral Wells and watched him in high school. But as Bobby was like, when are you going to go out there and watch this guy? Like, hey, we know he's really good. Nobody's seen him play. You got And I was kind of over rankings at 24 seven at the time. He was like, we got to get out there and see this guy. So, yes, I, I made that drive for sure. Uh, that was a big one for Bobby and I, Adrian Colbert, senior year, because the what, people, hey, whatever the people think about Art Browse and how uh, everything ended at Baylor, 
That guy was a hell of a talent evaluator in the state. Yep. And when they got on a quarterback or somebody early that was a skill player, if you didn't go watch that guy and really do your due diligence, you sh probably shouldn't be in the business. So <laughs> Bobby and I had a talk. He said, when are you going to Mineral Wells? I said, well, let's just go ahead and do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's let's ask this follow-up question for you too, Jerry. It's from TJ Dacey. It says, how many miles did you put on your vehicle in a year? <laughs> I, I think it was 37, 38 last year, maybe maybe. 40 right around there quite a bit but but now but now here's the thing though here's the thing though you know one thing to understand is like so this year i'll take a trip and go see kj lacy at sarah land right so that's mobile but that's not your only stop so we're going to go to down to florida probably at the same time go see deontre robbins and go by to img so i mean you're talking about a 2500 mile trip 3000 depending on where all you go just from one trip. So you're starting it, do a two a couple of those during a season. You're starting at six or seven right there. Hey, by the way, for those of people that uh, didn't know, uh, we're running a special right now. Those questions I got from the Inside Texas message boards. Uh, right now it's $1 for one month on InsideTexas.com. Uh, we're going to have a lot of uh, camp coverage coming up, guys. Jerry's coming up uh, tomorrow. I'll be at the I'll be at uh, camp as well. Uh Joe Cook is going to be in town. I think Eric Nalene's coming in. Uh, Longhorn coverage wall-to-wall -wall on Inside Texas right now. If you're interested in Longhorn's fall camp, there is no better deal than InsideTexas.com. Definitely can't beat that. All right, guys, we got a couple of super chats we need to get to. Robert Muhammad again says, to keep Ford fresh for the fourth, what's his snap count? You know, I'm not so sure it's just the fourth for him, Robert. It's going to be a, a cumulative thing over the year. Um, and what I mean by that is, you know, that that is a demanding position. Um, and so you don't want him to have to have 350 snaps this year. Ideally, you want him you want him to be a little fresher late in the year when the games are still on the line. Right. And, and if you're playing for something, obviously, uh, and you have a, a decent backup. Uh, so I, I think it's more about that. I really got the sense, guys, and, and I'll reiterate this, on not only Sark, but Kwiatkowski and Flood, they all talked about the fourth quarter. All of them, in some form or fashion, whether that was rotational issues, whether that was making sure guys were fresh, whether that was, hey, we got to do better. I, I was pretty impressed by, by that uh, overall, and they seem to have they, they seem to be on the same page right now, the coaches. We got another super chat we need to get to from uh John Campbell. And he says, Is Jacob Ponton the most likely candidate to be a senior eval offer as things sit today? Jerry? On the offensive line, yeah. Uh Weston Davis uh committed AM at Beaumont United. Texas will still maintain contact with him. Um, obviously. But Ponton has not been offered. And so, yeah, he would be the one right now, especially on the offensive line. We'll see if somebody pops up um, in the secondary as a senior. That's one I'm going to keep my eye on. Thanks, cool. John, for the super chat, by the way. Yes, thank you very much. And uh, we haven't touched too much on recruiting today, as obviously fall camp starts tomorrow. But let's so let's do a couple of recruiting questions. This one from Daniel Kinneman. And he says, how many recruits signed before the season begins? Or not signed, but I'm guessing he means commit. Commit, um, guys that look, we can't put it in, right? We can't put it in stone, right? But 
I feel like Wardell Mack's going to happen before the first college football games in the first weekend of September. I feel like that one could happen. But 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 you're not saying it's Texas. You're saying he's going to yeah. announce somewhere. Right. I'm saying guys are going to announce, right? Yeah, exactly. I think Colin Simmons could. Um, I think TJ Lindsay could. Um, I think Dominic McKinley could. And some of these are could slash would. I'm trying to get through this, you know, quicker. Um, I think Brandon Baker's a possibility. Um, I think Blake Ivy will probably commit to AM uh, uh, before in the next couple of weeks. Um, so I think a, a number of Texas targets are definitely probably going to come off the board before that first game of the year. And, and here's why I think some of the timelines move up, guys, is, yeah, there's it gets to be – you see everybody else committing. There, It's not FOMO, but, you know, it, it's part of the process. The bigger thing, though, is – all these timelines sound fun, but then the recruiting process tires you out. And then you start to get to the, the, the conversations about protecting yourself against injury your senior year. If you know where you're going to go commit, maybe the high school coaches and the parents are ready for you not to be dealing with all this every weekend during the season. Um, so there's a lot of things that come into play. Um, and I'll, everything comes into play here. And, and I think it all, all leads to some timelines moving up. And I think, I think we see more of that every year. Well, this is an interesting question. <laughs> James Follett, or Follett, uh, says, how much do you put in a recruit social media post? It feels like a lot of fan consternation over Simmons is his wave of LSU posting on Twitter. I don't put much. Um, you know, these kids are pretty media savvy nowadays. They're pretty... Uh, media smart and they're they're very quickly learning how to grow their brands so i don't you know look a lot of people say well player x said this and i i haven't even seen it i mean that doesn't mean i'm just like totally dismissing it um but sometimes it may be player to player if you have a really good relationship with somebody you kind of know the game (laughs) so and it's a game of brand building if you're not brand if you're not trying to grow your brand on social media as as a recruit you're doing it wrong and that's what i'll say uh, and this is probably the qu- the recruiting question everybody wants to know about. It's from Stephen Houston. He says, can you give an update on Black, Simmons, and Mac? Because a lot of UT fans are panicking like usual after recruits visit other schools. Yeah, I think, uh, uh, you know, Wardell Mac's interesting. Um, yeah, I, I still think, like I just said, I think that's leaning to an August decision. He was at Florida for two days over the weekend. You know, I talked to somebody on the Florida side. They thought really – Florida, Texas. I mean, since he didn't show up at LSU on the 27th, I think, you know, that that is good for Texas and Florida. I think before he didn't show up at, at LSU, I think LSU is starting to get a little more confident, which could have just been a misread of that recruitment. We'll find out. Um, but I think in the case of Florida, Texas, either one he commits to, um, I, you're going to have to recruit against LSU until he signs. Mordell Max a numbers buster for LSU and just the fact that he would commit to Texas or Florida, knowing that Terry Joseph is at Texas and Jabbar Jaluk at Corey Raymond or at Florida, don't think Frank Wilson is. That's ah, too bad. That doesn't work that way. Um, but uh, Simmons, I think, is you know headed to Texas LSU. Um, y- you know that's what he said, and in, in, on the record in Nashville, was top two. Um, I don't think you know. I think he kind of got into some. There's got to be some chatter about Miami for a while, I think, wanting to get that out there. But I think Texas LSU um, have always been the top two here uh, in Collins' mind. 
And, um, you know, we'll see what happens with that one. I, I'm not going to dismiss Texas A&M, but the fact they didn't go in there this week and the recruitment have to carry on. Um, Kobe Black, look, I mean, A&M, a, the question with Kobe Black is for me is how long does it really go? He has a September 8th, 8th 9th, 9th, I guess, official visit scheduled to LSU. He has a date for an A&M official visit in October. Does this recruitment go out that, that far? He's a guy who doesn't seem like he's in as much of a rush as others, but as of right now, we'll see here in the next two or three weeks before the season gets closer. But I think Texas in a, is in a good spot. Do I think they're absolutely going to get Kobe Black? I can't say that. These are all very contested recruitments, guys. Um, things can change. Uh, but I don't think Texas is necessarily working from a position of weakness with Kobe Black. I'll say that. But they still got, hey, you still got to go win the recruitment at the end of the day. Definitely. Well, Jake Riddle has a good question, and he says, who's an underrated recruit y'all are looking at that could potentially sneak into this class? You got anybody, Bobby? Uh, you know, I thought I, – I, I, uh, I think that Jacob Plonton would be one uh, as, as, as well. Um, I'm, I'm interested where Texas goes with this stuff. There's another question Jake asked that I thought was good as well, guys, that I want to bring up. Uh, but, Jerry, do you have one in the middle – uh, right now while you're thinking of it? Um, I, I, I'm sitting there. I'm, I'm kind of looking down my list of guys. I, You know, look, I could see a safety, a senior safety, a Dante Carter maybe uh, committed to uh, Vanderbilt at, at Civil O Steel, a guy that I know Texas went by and looked at. I know TCU really liked him in the spring. I could see something like that. Um, you know, could you see an edge kid as a senior Possibly, but they got a number of edge guys with Solomon Williams now being right there. Um, so yeah, that's kind of really what I'm looking at is I, I'm looking as a safeties in the state of Texas. Does somebody jump up? Look, Warren Roberson, and I don't think anybody's on his level necessarily, but Warren Roberson jumped up as a senior. Texas went and watched Red Oak play against Jamel Johnson, who's committed to Texas, and walked away saying, boy, Warren Roberson's really good now. So I, I'm looking at the safety position as a senior. Hey, this one is the one I was talking about, Blake, uh, oh, okay. from him. Uh, do y'all feel like recruiting has been slow because recruits are waiting to see how the team does this year? Sark could potentially be on the hot seat with anything less than 10 wins. So, look, I we spoke to Stark on this channel yesterday. He doesn't care what anybody else is thinking about recruiting and where it's at right now. <laughs> right. I just want to be that – is, that is the takeaway from that. He is going to not settle, nope. and he used the term go deep-sea fishing, period. So you guys may think he's slow. You guys may think this or that. He's waiting on Dominic McKinley, TJ Lindsay, Brandon Baker, uh, Ryan Wingo. Who, who I mean, those are Colin Simmons, Zena Umiozulu. These guys can go just about anywhere in the country they want. He do, He's not going to settle. So – you can worry about all that stuff all you want. His his thought process is, I don't care if you're worried because I'm going to go after these guys that I think can help me win to the level I want to win. And I will tell you, a head coach that only takes three days vacation is a guy that wants to win and is willing to put in the effort to, to make a change at Texas. So I, I think, uh, fellas, that, that if you're thinking that way and worried that way, Texas could fill out this class right now with perhaps the wrong people. 
Look, this this channel, Inside Texas, all this has grown a lot in the last couple of years. But let's go back to the 2022 class. Think about how different this program would be right now if Sark and Kyle Flood had gone the plan B's on the offensive line. Mm -hmm. Then the coaching carousel happens. Then you get Neto late. Um, These guys are going to recruit through the whistle, deep sea fishing, as, as, as Sark calls it. They're not moving off their top guys. And you know what? But to be fair, it's easier when you're at a blue blood because you can go to the portal and get five starters. So let's be clear about that. So if you miss on a corner you really like, you can go get Gavin Holmes. And he may be a draft pick level player. So, yeah, it's easier to go deep sea fishing, but they have the right strategy for me. Um, I, I love what they're doing in recruiting because the second you start going to the to the bees on your list in recruiting, is when you stop bringing, look what Sark said today, if we can have eight guys drafted every year, we have this program from a talent level where we want it. You're not realistically going to do that moving the mini plan Bs every class. I agree. And I thought that comment was was interesting because that's really what he's done the past two classes, to your point, Jerry. And, I mean, they play the long game. They play the patient game. And, I don't know, maybe it's just me, but you would think that Texas fans by now would be accustomed to that. I mean, I get it when kids are committing to other schools and there's momentum, but that's what they've done for the past two years, and it's paid off big. Yeah, no question. And look, and here's the thing is it you don't know what's going to happen this season. And, and people are looking at what's going to happen with Texas. What's going to happen with other teams? Does somebody retire? Does the coaching carousel get fired up more than people think? Right. I mean, does somebody leave a college job for the NFL unexpectedly? Look, again, if Texas just filled up on the offensive line in 2022, then you miss when Mario Mario Cristobal goes to Miami. Texas was already working on Kelvin Banks. And because of the health issue with the mom, maybe they were going to get that flip. But that absolutely got it done when Mario left and then came Williams the day after. Right. So it's just they're recruiting the right guys. They're not going to get them all. They just got to get enough. 100%. All right, guys. This is a super chat from Texas Boy. He says, I'm a fanatic, so I watch all the Longhorn channels, but I would have to say y'all have really good guest speakers. Thanks. Well, thank you, Texas Boy. We appreciate the super chat. And then (laughs) apparently somebody lost the bet here. 817, my guy lost. (laughs) says... What week will this year, or what week this year will I'm assuming he means that we suck as in Texas or what's a trap game? Ooh, let me let me uh, text the Iowa State quarterback and find. <laughs> Everybody, everybody's oh, been waiting for you to make a up. comment. To bring it up. Oh, everybody if, is if been waiting had, for you. For Bobby, it has been Iowa State, but I mean, I don't even know what to say right now. Uh, if, if if he's the quarter, if he's not the quarterback, that's a full year lost yep. of a, a guy that had a pretty good year that I think has some talent. Um, if, if you didn't see the news, the Iowa state quarterback implicated in a gambling scheme uh, in, on FanDuel, betting on some of his own games, <laughs> the amount he was betting was minuscule, yeah. um, minuscule, five bucks, 10 bucks, right. the, the, the price of these super chats. I mean, to be fair, but I mean, betting on your own team is just a no, no. I mean, I, I, I I mean, I, I grew up in the age of Pete Rose getting banished right. for life, right? And right. so um, I, I feel like that's just bad. My trap game, though, um, man, I want to say Kansas. I, 
I don't know what it is about that. I there you playing Kansas early, the relatively week early, OU. week before OU. Uh, they they are better earlier in the year than later typically because they lose guys, and and they they run through their depth later in the year. So getting them earlier in the year is not necessarily better. That's that's a big point. And by the way, the ticket prices tell you it's a trap game. Um. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Rice is as well, it appears, and so is Wyoming. Look, look, let's be real. It's right after Texas goes to Waco and thumps up on Baylor. It's the week before OU. Kansas has as good offensive skill talent. I mean, you know, the quarterback running back position is anybody in the conference probably. I kind of I kind of agree with you. I mean, that's a game where um, the, the thing with Kansas is if you come off a game, you know, you play Alabama week two, then you have Wyoming, but you're at Baylor. If you have some guys that okay, they're kind of nicked up. We don't, we can't play them as much. That Kansas can right before Oklahoma, the big game, the one you have to win. Kansas does get a little scary. I think that's a good point, Bobby. And, and if not, at Houston would be the one after Oklahoma. I mean, you know, because Houston's gonna, it's gonna be the biggest game of their lives for a while. Last thirty years, probably. But I just don't know if they have it on the offensive and defensive line in that game. But yeah. weird things can happen on the road. All right, let's see here. David Williams. Oh, no, John Campbell. Oh, thank you, John. Hey, <laughs> uh, no question here. Just want to get this in before the end of the live live stream. The content you guys put out there and on Inside Texas is absolutely second to none. And y'all continue to set the standard in the industry. Enjoy thank you, John. Money. Bobby and I will be at Outback Steakhouse tomorrow night. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Outback Steakhouse, Jerry. <laughs> Only you could pull that one. Uh, blooming onions on me <laughs> thank you john we appreciate yeah. it hey by the way we're, we enjoy this yeah we're we're trying to even improve it even further um we've got some things in the works we hope uh that we keep improving this channel for you guys to keep enjoying it uh it's been fun for us as well uh we're trying to get different types of guests and do different types of things tomorrow uh we're going to do me and jerry we think we're going to do either a live stream or right after uh the media open practice We'll be on site for that. I've got state of the program tomorrow, as usual, with Eric Nalin in the morning. Uh, we've got a lot of things coming up this week, in particular, as the Longhorns get back on the practice field. Tail right, Rudolph's you. got a great question, by the way. Let me let me let me find it here. All right, it the says Durant. There you go. I've been seeing Kelvin Banks projected top five pick in twenty twenty five NFL draft. Y'all thoughts, Bobby? Go ahead. I think this is a really interesting question for me. Yes. At 2025, why would it be 2025? Well, he's not eligible well, for. Two oh, that's right. He's not eligible to. Yes. So, so here's what here's I say yes, and here's why I say yes because of the, the interviews with teams, uh, everything they're gonna hear about Banks from Sarkeesian and Kyle Flood. I think as a arm length guy, once they get into all that stuff, I wouldn't be some surprised if somebody said, well, maybe he's more like the 8th or 10th pick. But I think the interview process, the everything, all the boxes he checks, are going to send him into the top. I, I want to say this, okay? You talk about guys that, that are talked about behind the scenes. Yeah. As it's not, it's not the don't mess with me with him. It's the... You don't have to worry about me ever. Right. You know, he's a player that is an elite player and you will never have to worry about. 
That's that's the that's the thought process about people behind the scenes with Kevin, Kelvin Banks. And you want to talk about a star player that has that kind of lack of uh, or ha- plays with that kind of humility. He's willing to go to work every single day. Yeah, more power to him. Go get your top five. That's that's what I that's what I say. <laughs> Oh, well, we got a couple more Super Chats, guys. Uh, John Campbell says, God forbid a corner goes down to injury. Is it safe to assume that Barron will slide over to cornerback and Gilbo play star? I don't think so. I, I don't – look, I don't think so right now. I think they're really happy with their corners if you add uh, Gavin Holmes, Terrence Brooks, Ryan Watts. Add in Manny Muhammad, who they are talking highly about, the only true corner they took in last the last class. They think they they can play with two, much less maybe four, right now. So I don't see that happening. I, you know, my thought process is if Jalen Catalan gets hurt, do they try Baron at safety? Yeah. You know, I I don't based on what I heard today from Quitkowski, I don't even think that's a, a contemplated thing right now. So I don't think they're thinking about moving Baron anywhere, John, um, because I think they like who they have at corner right now. The, the Gavin Holmes pickup was so key, yes. guys, because he is a – he allows Terrence Brooks to play field or corner, depending on Ryan Watts' health. Uh, Manny Muhammad could come in and play a little field. I mean, that, that, that gave them the versatility and depth they sorely needed, in my opinion. And, and by the way, not that it's ideal, but if a couple of guys at corner went down – Austin Jordan has played corner. I mean, John A. Barron can play corner. So if you lose a couple, of, you had Austin Jordan started his career at corner at Texas. So they, they may even have a little more depth than we know. It's just Austin Jordan's probably with the talent, that top two deep talent at corner, there's a better chance for him somewhere else. Right, one more super chat. This one from AS85. I want to thank him. And I uh, hope I'm not missing some context here. I look for a comment to go with it. But he says, Mike January mentioned what I was talking about with the parents on trips. Yeah. Excuse me. It didn't happen. I was uh, three. Youngest sibling was 07. Is this an NIL switch? Not NILs. An NCA rule changed where the schools could pay for, um, uh, what is it two, it's two family members, right? Playing right. It used to be one. Right. It used to be one. It actually used to be none. Right. Then one, now two. And so what that means, guys, is essentially three hotel rooms. Uh, because if parents are divorced and the parents come on the visit, so essentially a school can pay for three hotel rooms. So if you have family members that are, you can buy their plane tickets, come in, and, you know, that that's not an issue. So um, that's what it is. It's two parents, uh, two family members, fully paid trip. Hey, guys, what a what a nice person, Mike Michael January. Awesome. I mean, that's a good representative of the University of Texas, in my opinion. If you didn't get a chance to watch that, he's just a good guy. At the end of the day, he's a good guy trying to do the right thing out there. Uh, really appreciated him sharing his uh, knowledge with us. Great interview, for sure. Well, we got time for just a few more here. This one from Tyler Davis. It says, no coincidence at all that the Bama offensive line and quarterback room have fallen off going into year three without Flood and Sark, right? Um. I don't know. I don't know if I'd go all the way there. Um, I, I think. Look, I mean, I think it's twofold. I think Sark being at Tech. Look, if Sark was still the OC at Bama, then Arch Manning's at Bama, 
Let's be real. Um, and probably somebody else a year before that. Right. So, but then you have Georgia ascending too. So Alabama's not the top program right now in college football. Uh, well, they can say whatever they want. They're not. Georgia is. So I think Georgia's caught them in the talent race. And now they're running right past them. All right. And you John, said that with such conviction. <laughs> <laughs> John I mean, Avery. This class, it's their, their class this year is unbelievable. I mean, the, the, the large humans on the offensive line started going Georgia's way. Look at Georgia's offensive line last two years. John Avery says, how do y'all see the devaluation of the NFL running back affecting the college game and recruiting? Um, I don't know is, is the reality of it. Um, I don't know that it, I don't know that it changes the college game. My question, Jerry, is this, could you see a guy like Anthony Hill um, that, played a little bit of running back in high school, but played linebacker preferring to play defense because long-term, I mean, I can think about, there's a guy, DJ Williams. I don't know if y'all remember him played for Miami. Tremendous running back decided to play linebacker in college though. Um, Probably because Clinton Portis was the Miami running back and Frank Gore and guys like that. I mean, Mm -hmm. great players across the board there, but uh, Ernie Sims at Florida state was a great high school. Yeah. Um, both first, I think first round draft picks at linebacker. I don't know. Earl Campbell was a high school linebacker, by the way. Um, I don't know if it's going to affect it from that recruiting perspective. Um, the elite running backs will be very valuable, are more valuable in college football than they are in the NFL, in my opinion, by the way, uh, because there is actually an, an athleticism difference in a, a bigger athletic difference between players in college than in, in the pros. Everybody is amped up in the pros. So. I, I think it's an opportunity as the talk, like all the running backs had a zoom call, right? I put that on inside Texas, a link to that ESPN story, mm-hmm. but here's where I think the colleges can take advantage of this is, and it, it, Hey, we're going to play multiple backs. We're going to save some tread on your tire. You don't want to be a guy that carries it 30 times on the college level. We want to help lengthen your NFL career. That's where, from a running back recruiting standpoint, the colleges can work around that to their advantage a little bit for me. At least that's what I would do if if I was recruiting running backs because I don't think you're seeing running backs, and I think it's already been done a lot because I don't think you're seeing running backs coming into college expecting to carry it like Deontay Foreman 51 times against Kansas. Those days are over. Um, it's just not going to happen that often. Sergio Kendall is another. That's a great name that played high school running back. Um, but I think from a college recruiting standpoint, it's a great opportunity in running back recruiting if you can get two or three really good backs. Well, guys, we got time for about one more question here. And this one from Tyler Davis. He wants to know your boldest takes for this season. Quinn throwing for 50 touchdowns, four 800-yard receivers. They go undefeated, win the title. What do y'all have? He wants to know. What if I – I don't know if this is bold, but how about two All-Americans, first-team All-Americans? It's been a long time since Texas had two. 
Kelvin Banks being one, who'd be the other? Uh, I don't know if I would go Kelvin Banks at this point because I think they've, they've got some now older true. offensive linemen. Even though Banks was named to the Outland list today, uh, by the way, the preseason award list. Um, I think from listening to them today, Xavier Worthy uh, and Jalen Ford. That would be my my initial guess. So been a, long time, been a long time, guys, since Texas had two positional players as all Americans. Um I so I'm not going stats because I, I just really want to see how losing these possession uh, possession a game is gonna affect stats. I mean, I could see it being 300 yards and four touchdowns for a quarterback. If you say average would be 25 yards lost over 12 games, 300 yards passing. So I think the numbers are going to take a hit. I'm going to say 10 NFL draft picks. Oh, wow. Interesting. That that would If you want a bold prediction from me, it would be 10 NFL draft picks. That means, that means you'll have won 10 or 11 games. That means you're underclassmen or really being developed by Sarkeesian, and that would be the best-case scenario for the future of Texas football under Steve Sarkeesian. More important than – Getting to the playoff this year, if you won 10 games, you finished in the top 10, and you had 10 guys drafted, you know what that would do for recruiting in Sarkeesian in Texas? That'd be bigger than winning the 11th game. <laughs> From the outhouse to the penthouse in the NFL draft pretty That's quick. That's right. Three years. By the way, could we name 10, or am I so far out of this? Uh, Quinn, Worthy, A.D. Mitchell, J.T. Sanders, Christian Jones, that's five. Um, Byron Murphy, Savondre Sweat, Alfred Collins, eight. I don't think it's out of the Ford, question. Baron. Ford, nine. I don't think it's out of the Baron, question. Baron, Catalan. Um, Get it. I'll say 20 like Harbaugh. <laughs> <laughs> Whittington. Hey, Whittington, Nayor possibilities. See, I should have gone right. bolder. It should have been 12. <laughs> yeah. I, I Look, I hear what you're saying, though. This is That's a good, really good point, Jerry. I think that uh, and you're talking about not just wins, but what can this program do for me? Yeah. Ultimately, it. that's what the, a lot of these guys are, are choosing their schools on. What can this program do for me? If it's a combination of great academics and, and things like the alumni network that Texas unquestionably has, uh, or can they develop me for the NFL draft? Obviously, yes. Can they, uh, is NIL opportunity there? Obviously, yes these things start loading up and you all of a sudden become one of the, the teams in college football. I think with the NIL, the, all the NIL talk has kind of taken away from what these kids number one goal still is. And I'm not smart enough to say it, but TJ Ford, every time I talk to TJ, who's been a long time friend, I'm not name dropping, but you guys know TJ and our friends. He says it to me every time we get into a conversation, Jerry, Jerry, being a pro is still number one. He said, don't forget that. We all want to be draft picks. We want to hear our names called. We want to play pro, whether it's football or basketball. That's still number one. And they should. And they should. I mean, that. let's be clear. This is the great thing about college football is it's college football, right? Yeah. I mean, we're, 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 it's on the path, right? And uh, Longhorns, we're lucky that uh, Texas is one of those teams that has such a rich tradition and, and people are proud to, you know, the thing about Texas that always strikes me whenever I'm going around the country, Texas is one of those schools that has that instant name recognition. Like, you know, you say Texas and it means, Oh, you know, 
Ohio State, USC. It means something. Yeah. Uh, and so I, I feel like that's a that's a good thing. Hey, um, by the way, want to say uh, one last thing. Uh, please remember uh, to consider a subscription to Inside Texas. Uh, Inside Texas right now, one dollar for one month. Uh, you can't beat this. We're covering uh, fall camp like nobody's business right now. Get on over to InsideTexas.com and please give us a try. If you've never tried this before, now's the time. One dollar uh, for just one month. Can't beat that deal. All right, guys. Well, that's going to do it for this edition of On Texas Football. Of course, we want to thank Energy Texas for sponsoring the show each and every Tuesday. And then we got to thank our Super Chats. John Campbell, a big thank you. Very big thank you. Uh, Justin Yarbrough, Robert Muhammad, a John, a Texas boy, 817. My guy lost due to the name change. And then AS85. want to thank all y'all for tuning in and helping out there. And then, as Bobby said, don't forget to head on over to Inside Texas, subscribe, the best coverage Absolutely. around, and then be sure to hit that like button and subscribe right here on YouTube as well. And uh, for Bobby Burton and Jerry Hamilton, I'm Blake Monroe, and we'll see you next time. Thanks, Blake. Thank you, Blake. Thank you all.